So Aaron, what are your must-haves for camping? I don't know. Somewhere to sleep. Maybe an RV. Are you nosy, curious, or just bored? Have you ever just started listening to other people's conversations? Do you ever just keep listening even though you aren't part of the conversation? If this describes you, then welcome to Topic Please. So not really an RV, because then that's not camping in my opinion. Why not? It's away from home. Yeah, but camping <laughs> requires a tent or like sleeping outside, not in some structure like an RV or a cabin. Anyway, I'm Aaron. I'm Liz. And this is, is Topic Please. So this week's topic, camping. It's what we did this week. Well, this past weekend. That's why there was no show. Right. Because we forgot to record a show ahead of time. Because <laughs> we're like that. We spent so much time packing for the camping trip. Well, and the episode that we did with the Noodles at Noon guys was like our longest episode ever. And we, because we were going to record two episodes that evening and then we got away, like time got away from us. That's true. Thank you guys for being on the show again, because that was definitely a really fun one. Speaking of being on other shows, you guys should check out That Story Show with James Kennison. I ended up filling in for his co-host when that recorded and released yesterday. So that was fun. That's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. So It's true because I played it for Trinity today while we were driving around because that's when I listen to my podcasts. And uh, she heard the voice and she's like... That's Aaron's favorite podcast. He's on it. <laughs> so James Kennison, just so you know, if you ever listen, you are Aaron's, or that story show is Aaron's favorite podcast. Sorry, Noodles at Noon. You're but, one of my favorites. Well, we found that story show, wasn't it last year on we our way there. home from camping? Yeah, on our camping trip. No, it was on the way down there. Because it was when we were driving through the um, Ava, Fordland and Ava. Oh, I wasn't sure. I just know sometime around camping last year, we found that. Yeah, because we uh, were sad because we had some dead spots and we hadn't downloaded any of them because we found it while we were driving. And so we'd have to wait for it to come back up. And Right. So, yeah, that was fun. Yep. So been listening to them for a year. Right, and you can find them at nlcast.com slash that story show and you can find our noodles at noon buddies at noodlespodcast.com noodlespodcast.com right, so back to camping yes so last year we went camping this year we went camping as a big family so it's becoming our our annual family get together um, since my mom passed away uh, definitely a lot of fun different this year, four of our six children all went, so that was exciting. Right. And I know Uncle Kent definitely likes us going because I get up early enough in the morning. I, I get the campfire going and start the coffee before anybody else is up. I don't even drink coffee, but I know they're going to want it. So, And I appreciate you, sir, so very much because coffee is a necessity in life, I believe. I don't care how hot it is. And it was hot during that camping trip. <laughs> Not every day, but 
Oh, and then the storm. Yeah, the one night there was the severe thunderstorm warning, like the the rangers or whatever were coming through with the sirens and their bullhorn. Uh, and a tree limb fell on our tent. We weren't in the tent, so that was good, but it blocked our doorway and I had to move it. Yeah, they were telling everybody, well, if, if you feel that you need to, go to the bathrooms because they have uh, bathrooms and showers there. So, and that's nice, but. So is it really camping then? Yeah, we're still like <laughs> we're living sleeping. outside. That's true. Except for using the bathroom and the showers. That's true. And with as much swimming as we did in those lakes, we definitely needed showers. Oh, yeah, and showers probably to, more sunblock. To cool off the burnt skin <laughs> that I'm still peeling from. It's very itchy. Lots and lots of sunblock. We went on a boat. You got to captain a boat for the first time or drive a boat for the first time. Right. Well, see, the the way we do the intro thing before the show start or before we start the music, Mm -hmm. I was thinking, I was like, well, I could ask you if you have ever almost like physically injured a child when pulling them behind a vehicle to lead into that. But that I, I felt like that wouldn't have been a great way to start. Well, see, I didn't physically harm a child while pulling them behind a boat. You did. I got physically harmed by a child while on the tube with the child because I fell off and then she kicked me in the face when she fell off. I know, but my point <laughs> is like, you know, that I just, I think that might've scared some people away if that was the first thing they heard. <laughs> if this was the first episode they listened to. Have you ever like, harmed your child? While pulling them behind a vehicle <laughs> and then go into what I was talking about after the music. But I, I feel like that might've scared some people away like right from the start, like, oh my gosh, these people are trying to kill their kids. I'm not listening to that. That's true. But now that you've enticed, do you want to elaborate on how you injured our child while pulling her behind a vehicle? So the vehicle is the tritune that we had out on the lake, the boat, which is like a pontoon, but it has an extra pontoon, I guess. And we had, it was a high performance one. So you could do like skiing or tubing or whatever behind it. And we had rented the tube so that we could, you know, do tubing. And we had been out there for most of the day before I ended up driving the boat. But our oldest daughter was out there on the tube while I was driving. And the kids kept wanting, you know, us to go full speed. And I was like whipping them around and they were catching air. It was a good time. At one point, though, the rope got some slack in it, and I didn't realize it in time. <laughs> so sitting there, the boat going full speed, I didn't realize the slack was there. Our oldest daughter hanging onto the handles of the tube, and it just jerked hard and almost pulled their shoulders out of their sockets. <laughs> she yelled. That was funny. Yeah, she yelled at me. She was like, you, you don't do that when there's slack in the rope. <laughs> She and forgave now- <laughs> me once she calmed down because she realized it was an accident, but <laughs> she she was not happy when it happened. <laughs> and now you know. So, you know, it's a learning experience. Well, I have to be watching where I'm going. So somebody should have said, hey, there's slack in the rope. That's, but I did. I kept hollering, there's slack in the rope. And I'm half deaf. So <laughs> should have thrown something at me or something. <laughs> I can't. Go up there and pull the throttle down. Be like, no, we got to stop for a second. 
you know. And then Uncle Kent kept putting it off and putting it off. And we learned why, like, after he let all the kids go. And how old is Jordan? Seven? Six or seven? Yeah. I think seven, seven. Kathleen's going to be like, why are you telling my kids' ages? Yeah, I think he's but, seven. I think he's yeah, born So the youngest 14. is seven going on this. And then my uncle is older than me. and 56, I think he said. Wow. I wasn't going to tell everybody. Wait, we're guys. We don't care. Okay. Well, there you have it. Girls care. We don't. So like everybody else got to go first, except for our son. He chose not to go. But he was on the boat, so I was super excited. Um, but then my... And everybody's just kind of, well, that's not true. Kayla and Nick were showing off some. They were having fun doing the tubing and they were kind of wild. Everybody else was just kind of holding on for dear life and having fun, but holding on for dear life. And then Kent gets up there and he's just like showing off to no end. He, I You didn't get to see him as much as we did because you were driving, but like he was up on his knees. He was doing like muscle man and like waving at everybody and yeah i saw like, a bunch of that before we picked up like too much speed yeah because he told me ahead of time he was gonna get out there he's gonna ride it for a minute you know go straight and then do some circles and then go straight again he was gonna like get up on his knees uh and okay. jump off and everything he was doing all that the whole time even when we were going fast it was cool and then our youngest daughter has, our youngest child actually, has decided that she absolutely loves tubing. She was, it's the first time I think I've ever seen her so cooperative with other people. Like, oh, do you need me to go with you, younger person? Oh, do you need me to go with you, older person? Oh, do you need me to go with you? I will go with you. Yeah, she so. wanted to be on that tube the whole time <laughs> if we would have let her. Right? And it's funny because I grew up, like when I was a teenager, uh, my family had a boat, so we used to go up to Lake Havasu and go boating all the time and like water skiing and tubing and all of that. And so I know she doesn't want to hear this, but she so reminds me of me because like that was me. I was like, I'll be out there. Let me go out there. I want to be out there. I want the water. I've always loved water because we're like little fish. So, well, but I guess that's not the camping part. That's the boating part. Of it. Well, it was part of the camping trip. That's true. So- Back to my question, what like what do you think are the most important things to take on a camping trip? I don't know, right now, like probably sunscreen. <laughs> That's pretty important. Yeah. All the time and you spent at the water. Money to rent the boat and tube. Because before we get too far away from that, I don't, by the time I was driving and the kids just kept wanting to go faster and faster and they were wanting like all of it. I was doing everything I could, like, you know, you know, hard turns, driving in circles, like to make the wakes and then turning the other way to get the tube, like jumping over them. And they were all catching air and having a blast. Yep. But I really think, I don't know, it was more fun for me, like watching them having fun or even driving the boat, like so they could, you know, get that experience they wanted than being out there on the tube. I mean, it was kind of cool, but I, I think I definitely enjoyed like them having fun way more than while I was out there. Oh yeah. Like Kent says, like the camping trips are for the kids. It's for the kids to come up with these memories as they get older. So I definitely agree with that. And, and they, they definitely had fun. Oh yeah. Well, Trinity's 
said that she had the time of her life while I was driving the boat. That made you so happy. Well, I mean, I kind of took it as a challenge. I mean, I was like, you know, I'm going to see if I can throw them off. (laughs) They can all swim. So, and they had the ski jackets on, so they weren't going to drown, but it was like part of the fun while I was driving. I was like, no, we're going to get lots of air and we're going to see if we can make them let go or not. Listen, when I was on it, Oh, you'd have killed me if you were on it when I was driving like that. <laughs> I was excited that I was able to say go faster and that I lasted as long as I did. Because I was like, I'm going to... Trinity was like, come on, mom, let's go. And I was like, girl, we're going to fall off of this in no time. I was like, I have no body strength. <laughs> and then she's like, just do this and just do that. And so I kept pulling myself back up. Like I was like leaning over forward over the raft at points just so that I could last longer before I slipped back again. Yeah, that being my first time tubing, I definitely discovered that it it's a uh, like forearm upper body strength workout. Yeah. So just hanging onto the straps. Now I know what I'm going to work out or work at at the gym for the next year so that when we go next year I can last longer than I think I added it up from where all the cuts were in the video so I lasted almost 3 minutes, I guess. So I'm like, that's a long time on a tube for me. I'm, I was excited. And I got to have the best wipeout. So, because, again, Trinity and I do not weigh anywhere near the same amount. So when I went, I went off sideways. The, she came off with me. <laughs> the tube flipped. I got kicked in the face by her feet. <laughs> I don't know what else I would have been kicked in the face by, but it was by her feet, just so you know. Yeah, it was a fun time. Oh, yeah, and she spent enough time out there on the tube that she got her back plenty sunburnt. Oh, yeah. And her hands, the tops of her hands. So. So, yeah, we we all definitely learn to use more sunscreen next year and keep reapplying. And if you're curious, we definitely, as a family, my whole family, are in agreement that the the sunscreen cream works lots better than the sunscreen spray. Yeah, like those aerosol sprays just don't seem to to work as well. So here's my little promotion, not you know sponsored by anybody. So I'm not going to say any brands, but I'm just going to say, get the creamy sunblock, rub it in, rub it like lotion. You can see exactly where it's at. You can be like my baby sister who put it on so thick she was white the whole time. And I mean, like you could tell it was sunscreen white. Or you can be like the rest of us who rubbed it in. But make sure you're putting it on. Well, and really, Use the sunscreen. And it doesn't matter if you were to say brands or not. I mean, as long as you're using the sunscreen, whether it's... I think ours is Walmart brand, so... I would say whether it's Equate from Walmart, Coppertone, or No Ad or whatever some of the other ones are, just using a good SPF sunscreen. And ours was SPF 50, just in case anybody's wondering. I mean, I understand not wanting to use a high SPF if you're planning on tanning, but you're just like laying there and you're, you know, if, as long as you're being smart about it and everything. I tanned but, even though I was wearing sunscreen, so. I mean, if you're going to be out there in the sun all day, you know, you use whatever the highest SPF is you can find. Just keep from getting burnt because it sucks. You'll be miserable. And now that we've been serious, if you get sunburnt, we also learned if you like the little peely feeling or to peel other people, make sure you're putting lotion on daily because (laughs) 
our daughter's sunburn peeled in like these big strips because she puts on lots of lotion. And you peeled in like these, I don't even know, because you don't put on lotion. So use lotion afterwards too. If you couldn't tell, Liz is one of those people, she likes to peel the skin <laughs> once it starts peeling. Because I'm gross. She's but... one of those like, ooh, you have a blackhead. Can I pop it? Oh my God, you got to tell them I, all of I, that. Like, oh, your your skin's peeling. Can I peel it? Can I peel it? <laughs> it's true. I'm that person. Well, I mean, I I feel like you know, and we work out well together because you like the way it feels when somebody peels your skin, sir. So yeah, I was just saying though, we're I'm, perfect for. Each I feel other. like the people that like peeling the skin are the same people that like popping the blackheads or pimples, even though it's like gross. There's this it's, nasty game. I'm sorry. I like popping blackheads on you or pimples or whatever. I'm good with that. But there's this like game where. The whole point of it is to pop pimples. And I'm sorry. I don't want to play that game. Yeah, it just seems gross to me. Like not doing it in person, but playing a game where you're doing it. It's just gross. I think it's because there's like no tactile to it. Like you're not feeling it. You're just like doing it. On, I don't know. But it just seems stupid and gross to me. And I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Maybe people out there listening like the game. And if you do, kudos to you because we all have our things. But I don't like the game. All right. So kind of back to the camping and some of the must-haves. Mm-hmm. Like I know I we had heard of things like this before, but there was this, uh, I guess, a fad or whatever. It was going around on TikTok and stuff. The oh, yeah. fire starters. So do you want to explain those? Because they worked really, really well. Yes. So, yeah, my daughter sent it to me on TikTok. And so we tried it. We're like, hey, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Let me tell you, it worked so much that I went to another campsite for a lady who had asked to borrow a lighter to start a fire. And I took some of these fire starters over to her (laughs) so that she could start her fire really easily. But you just get um, like the egg cartons. So... The cardboard ones, not yeah. styrofoam. Like the ones that come when you buy like the 60 count eggs or whatever. Don't get styrofoam. That's even, bad for the environment. Even a dozen that comes in the cardboard. Yeah. But you want the, container. you definitely want the cardboard ones. So you take those and then you just take dryer lint and it doesn't matter. We were worried it wasn't going to work because we have huskies. So there's hair, dog hair all the time, everywhere. But we love the huskies. So we deal with it. But so. Our dryer lint had dog hair in it because, again, dogs. But you take the dryer lint and you just ball it up some and put it in each of the egg cartons. So if you get a dozen, then you would make a dozen fire starters. Um, each of the egg slots in the And carton. then you melt candle wax. My suggestion is we have a small cast iron skillet that is for melting wax. Like that's all we put in it is wax. Um, or they have those things that melt the, the candle warmers, the burners. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. So Any, however you do it, anything that'll melt wax. Yeah. But I'm just saying, yeah, if you don't have one of those cast iron skillet, excellent. Looks yeah. fantastic. Um, but you melt that and then you just pour it over the lint and you want to get it like pretty covered. So don't be stingy with the wax and then let it dry. And then all you have to do is, I think you used what two a day. You break off two little eggs. Yeah, you could have used. I could have used one, but it was that way. I could have one on 
each side. Yeah. And you put your firewood around it and you light it and it catches your whole fire on your whole, all your logs and stuff on fire. It does all of it. You don't have to use lighter fluid. Just a little bit of kindling. Yeah. They're fantastic. I would stack up some kindling and then put one of those on either side of the little pile of kindling. Uh, it burned like a candle except with a little bit bigger flame because the way we left like, you know, enough lint out. Yeah. So and it's just like a little mini candle, but the entire thing burns up. So you don't have to worry about, you know, taking out some container. Yeah. So don't do the tuna container one or any of that. Cause then you got yeah. all the metal that you still have to get. Just make them out of egg cartons, dryer lint. Again, it can have dog hair in it. It burns just fine. And candle wax. Fantastic. When we were scout leaders, we'd heard of, you know, doing pretty much the same thing except using a tuna can instead of an egg carton. But then you would have to take the tuna can back out of the fire once it was all done. Uh, Where this way, it just all burns up and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So it was, I was really excited because, you know, you never know what TikTok trends. Like we did the one Uh, where they supposedly lit. Something on fire, like it lit on fire by oh, itself. The the uh oh it the hand sanitizer, the gel hand sanitizer. Oh yeah. Where we like when we tried this, we realized well well they had it burning before they did this other thing because it would burn clear, like you couldn't see the flame. It was like invisible fire. But when they put the paper towel on there, it because you couldn't see the fire already, it looked like that was causing it to light up. Yeah. So it looked really cool on there, but it didn't work when we just put a paper towel on sanitizer. So then we were like, hmm, I wonder if we light it on fire. And we did. And we figured out how that, that trend worked. But I was disappointed in that one. So I was kind of worried that this one would be disappointing too. But it was not. So you can use them for your bonfires in your backyard. Um I feel like if you have a paper shredder or something, you could probably do something similar. I don't know. We were going to, and I forgot when the girls and I were making them. Like with the shredded paper, it it might work. Yeah. So it, the paper might burn too fast. I don't know. I Lint don't know. burns pretty quick too. So, well, we want to try it. We've got shredded paper now and stuff. We just I forgot to take it over to Ariel's when Kayla and I went over to make them. So, but where not everybody has a paper shredder. Pretty much anybody that does laundry has a dryer lint exactly because even if you go to a laundromat to do your laundry you can clean out the lint trap yourself so and if you're at the laundromat you could clean out the other lint traps i'm sure the people working at them would be happy that somebody's cleaning out the dryer lint yeah but we had several of those and i mean we only needed to use them once or twice a day depending on what we were doing if we kept the fire going or we left to go do something else but we had several left that we sent with uncle Kent for so that he could show his wife. Cause she wasn't able to make it this year. Uh, yeah. Be able to use it like when they're burning anything. So, yep. That was cool. I think my must haves are a tent. <laughs> must have a tent. Must have a coffee pot. Dry ice. Yes, dry ice was the other thing that was amazing. So what we did, like, for we we took two coolers down with us, 
So we stopped and we bought like 10 pounds of dry ice, like two five pound little slabs. And we put them inside of paper bags. And then, well, they were already in plastic. We put that inside a paper bag to uh, protect the cooler and protect anything that was going on it. Had that in the bottom of the cooler. And then we just put a small layer of ice on top of that. And then we put, you know, the rest of the stuff in and the ice and everything. And those coolers still had ice in them after four or five days. We got there Thursday and Monday morning. Yeah, so the fifth day, they still had ice in the bottom of the cooler. Yeah, the dry ice had finally, like, evaporated. But, but there were there chunks still, of ice. Yeah. So dry ice. So definitely a worthwhile investment, if especially if you're going to be somewhere that there's not ice around, but it'll save you some money buying more ice. So I guess the must-haves are fire starters and dry ice and a boat or ac- or money for a boat. <laughs> Bug spray. And sunscreen. <laughs> Those citronella candles try to keep the mosquitoes off of you. <sighs> All the bugs. But we were invading their home, so. Oh, 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 another must-have. <laughs> another must-have that you should have. I don't know if they're everywhere people go camping, but I would definitely say you need like, a, what's it called? I want to call it a toe strap. Uh, ratchet strap? A ratchet strap or rope or something like that uh, so that you can definitely tie your cooler shut at night. Oh, yeah. And if you've ever heard the song, what does the fox say? Well, let me tell you, the raccoon says a lot of things. It says it's a cat. It says it's a pig. It says it's all sorts of things because we had, would you say a huge raccoon? Isn't that what you said you saw? The raccoon that we saw the one night was like a big raccoon. And last year when we went camping, we like didn't tie the cooler. <laughs> like a three-person coonskin cap or something. Like we could put three heads inside of that thing. Yeah. And last year we did not have a rope on the coolers. And we woke up one morning and all of the coolers' lids were open. Food had been taken out of it. Lots of food had been eaten. Some of it had just been thrown on the ground because they didn't want it. So this year we had ropes to tie around them. And... The only one that they could get into was the drinks cooler. And you could tell that they were kind of annoyed over that. And so the only thing that was left out was my sister's powdered creamer for her coffee. (laughs) And when we got up in the morning, the only thing left was the lid. There was no powder anywhere. The container itself was not anywhere. The raccoons stole the whole container and the powder creamer and left only the lid. So... Yeah, we're not sure if they, you know, raccoon took the bottle back and they were all sitting in a circle passing around the bottle of creamer. Maybe they went back there. They were like cutting up lines like they were doing some drugs. I don't know what they were doing with it, but it was gone. Yeah. There was, there was no creamer left. Like there was not even any like remnants of it on the ground. It's like they were holding it upright, took the lid off, tossed it to the side and went upon their merry way. But yeah, the night that that happened, like in the middle of the night, you know, I woke up and I heard what, I don't know, to me, I thought it sounded like a wildcat or something, that kind of like sound. And then later we, uh, a little bit later, we heard like a 
something that sounded like it might have been a wild pig or something kind of rooting around. And we looked it up, and these are sounds raccoons can make. And I, I had no idea they could make that those sounds. I thought they probably made sounds more like squirrels or something. I really didn't know. You know, kind of a chittering or something. And I think they can do that, they too. They can do that, too. I mean, it makes sense. So they can And of, they can make bird sounds, I think, is what it said. So, I mean, it surely helps them protect themselves because they can sound like this you know, other scary animal that might scare something off that's trying to get at them. You know, like animals kind of like bears will stand up on their hind legs trying to look as big as they can or whatever to scare off. I mean, some animals you know, use sound for that. So, yep. So, definitely interesting. But I'm just going to say, none of the animated movies we've ever watched prepared me for the raccoons. I feel a little gypped by Disney and Pixar and all of them. And where were the raccoons in the Jungle Book or Lion King? Right? <laughs> Probably not in the desert or jungle. Well, there was a raccoon in Pocahontas. And what sounds did it make? I don't know. I don't think it made any. That's I don't fruit. think I've ever actually seen it. I just know that there was a raccoon in it somewhere. Well, there you have it. But yeah, I mean, those raccoons were... I don't know, we had paw prints all over the coolers and everything. It was it was crazy. So they they never messed with trying to get in our tents as far as we're aware. They just wanted the food and the stuff that got left out. And the last day wasn't that the last day they dumped over the the drainer with the clean dishes in it? Yeah. Well, I take so much time washing dishes on these camping trips because we don't take like we didn't take paper plates or anything. We took reusable plates. So that we were nice to the environment. And they dumped all of the clean stuff all over the ground. So that was rude. So next year we're going to take a tote to put all of those things in. These are the things we learned while camping. Every year we learn something more. And so the next year we do better. Right. Hopefully next year we'll just be good. Tis my hope. So out of curiosity, do you know when camping became popular? I do not. I figured camping was just normal living before people were like, oh, we can build houses. Well, kind of. It was the way people lived. And then I mean, cavemen kind of camped. camped. They were like the original campers. And that was how they lived. So, yeah. And then I guess it went out of style then as houses became a thing. <laughs> so do you know when it became popular again after that? I don't know. After, oh, after the big bad wolf blew down the first two pigs' houses. Oh, I think that's when they started building better houses, though. Well, I don't know. I mean, they probably had to camp out for a while while their houses were getting built. And they're like, wow, even this tent's better than my house up straw. <laughs> I can sleep in a sleeping bag. It's better than the house made of sticks. Listen, though, I feel like now that I'm hearing you say that, I, f I feel I, I don't feel so good about that story anymore. I always loved the three little pigs. Little pig, little pig, let me come in. Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. But then it just made me think the indigenous people 
used straw and sticks for their homes, and their homes withheld pretty darn well. Yeah, but by the time they mixed it with the mud and everything, I mean, that's a brick. But teepees and stuff. You take sticks or straw and the mud and everything and bake it, and you're turning that into bricks. But teepees weren't, they were just the sticks and straw and then wrapped in... Animal skin. Yeah, so the... Like, how do we know that the pigs just didn't have enough time to finish building their house? Maybe they just started and the wolf was like, I'm here, haha. And I feel I think like the wolf is white people. <laughs> I feel like a pig using animal hide seems a bit serial killer ish. Like <laughs> who is the serial killer that like wore their skin or whatever? Cannibal Lecter. I don't know. Hannibal Lecter, not Cannibal Lecter. <laughs> Hannibal was a cannibal. That's true. Um, oh, what was it that? It was based on a real life. Was it Ed Gain? Was it him? I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, one Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer was the one that ate the guys. Yeah. Well, only Trinity was in here. Ed Temper? I want to say Ed Gain. But now, while we're talking, I'm going to look it up because I'm. I feel I know Ed Gein was a serial killer. I could be very wrong about what he was famous for, but I want to look it up because now I'm curious. And we've gotten into a true crime podcast all of a sudden while we're talking about camping. So why not? Hey, listen. I think it's just fitting because you risk your life going camping every night. I thought, is this the night we're going to pass away? Because <laughs> you never know who's in those woods. And you go camping? Yes. <laughs> On July 26, 1984, Ed Gein, a serial killer infamous for skinning human corpses, died of complications from cancer in Wisconsin prison. So, yeah, he was the one that would, like, skin the people. There you have it. So, I don't The pigs using animal skin would be kind of a Ed Gein serial killer vibe there. I guess as long as they well weren't using pig skins. Do you think they eat pork rinds? I don't know. <laughs> Are you looking that up? <laughs> Pretty sure pigs will eat anything. I mean, people have gotten rid of bodies by feeding them to pigs. Exactly. So, so why do you think that they would be worried about using skin to make their houses? Well, if they're building houses that implies a certain level of oh uh, what's the word like intelligence and therefore it it would be wrong i feel like we just need to to be done with them now but anyway now i don't even remember what oh yeah when it became popular it was in the 1880s so this guy, Thomas Hiram Holding, was a British traveling tailor um, who's credited with, like, creating recreational camping. Uh, but it was actually first popularized in the UK on the River Thames. So in, like, 1880s, large numbers of visitors took part in the pastime. And it was connected to the late Victorian craze for pleasure boating. But everything was so heavy back then, like taking the camping gear and stuff by boat was easier. And sometimes they would just use the boats as their housing afterwards. Um, 
Like, could you imagine the first guy, like, when this guy was like, oh, let's let's do camping for fun. It's like, you have a house. Why would you go live out in the woods without shelter for fun? What is wrong with you? I mean, I'm pretty sure there's still people out there today that think that way. They're like, why would you do that? Right? And I love camping, so I'm like, I don't know. But I, I do think... For me, camping definitely has to be near like a lake or something like that. And it has to be a lake that you can actually swim in because oh, like, yeah, yep. I associate camping with swimming. And it's almost like a requirement for us. I mean, like with the scouts and stuff, we've done camping trips that were like in October. You definitely wouldn't want to go swimming because it was cold. Yeah. And I don't know, you feel like you might freeze to death at night because. You decided to take an air mattress, and the air inside the air mattress gets so cold it makes it worse. But I mean, I I just really feel like you know you go camping, you need to be like by the water somewhere so that if nothing else, you could like rinse off at the end of the day because it's been hot, or just jump in and cool off, whatever. Well, even the river, like the White River where we were at, because there wasn't actual swimming like right in our campground or whatever um we had to go drive a couple minutes to an area to go swimming but there was the white rivers there and it's right below the dam and the The water water. in there is Mm. so cold yeah the conservation guy or park ranger or whatever said that like the water for that comes out of the bottom of the dam so it's water like from lower down in the lake and it stays about 50 degrees I thought you said 60. No, he said 50. I, my guess was 60. He said 50. Oh, I thought you guys were backwards. I mm. thought he he said 60 and you guys said 50. But either way, well, the water was very cold feeling. And we kept taking the kids down to like skip rocks and do whatever. And I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to sit here and put my feet and legs in this <laughs> with the kids because I'm a big kid still. Uh most Mommy, of the adults wow. were like, no. I'm a big kid now. So, but yeah, that water was really cold. But you could still put your feet in it or whatever, and it helped cool you off. Like, you need those things when camping, especially in the summer. Say in the fall, probably not. But in the summertime, you definitely want those things. I, I, I'm pretty sure I was thinking that it was uh, would be about 60 degrees. Because like if you go down in a cave or something... Mm. then eventually like so far in then it's just going to be like this constant temperature of about 60 degrees that's true that that was what my thought process was for guessing the water was about 60 degrees that's true so the reason i was gonna get to it, like you were talking about going camping with the scouts or whatever um so in 1908 this guy Thomas Hiram Holding wrote uh, the book, The Camper's Handbook, uh, so that he could share his enthusiasm for great outdoors around the world. But that is also when, uh, right about the time that group, or it was 1901, like um, group camping became a thing. So the first one was like these cyclists. So these people would get together, they would like cycle and caravan or whatever to places and they would camp and then they would ride somewhere else. But yeah, so it wasn't until 1901 that things like that became popular in like 
for groups to go do. I almost would have thought like a tent revival kind of thing or something might have been a part of it. You know, like a group from, you know, a church, like just traveling across the country to do revivals or whatever, uh, making their way across the country and just sleeping in tents along the way or whatever. Hmm. That could have made sense too. Yeah, most definitely. So, and then by 1960s, camping had become an established family holiday standard. And today, campsites are ubiquitous across Europe and North America. But yeah, I was kind of looking up the history of it. In America, it was like the 1868 or whatever that it can be traced back to where camping like was a pastime type thing. Oh, yeah. And I definitely, I mean, most people, when they go camping, they go camping like in the summer or like spring, early fall, something like that when it's warming up or still warm. I Some people are hardcore and they'll go camping in the middle of winter and I'm, that is not for me. No, I like summer camping and I like fall camping also um, in the fall because it's cooler. But, but the, the water is still warm. <laughs> it hasn't had time to cool off. Like you wouldn't want to go camping too early in the spring because the water's not had the time to warm up yet. Exactly. So I like I like summer and fall camping. That's funny that you finished that sentence because that's exactly what I was going to say. I like that the water's still warm. Yeah, I mean, the water has to be like where you can swim in it, like comfortably, or as just a camping trip, in my opinion, just isn't as good. Yep. It's like if the only water we had that we could even remotely get into was that 50-degree White River there by the dam, there, that would not have been... Nearly as enjoyable. Oh, yeah, because you get to go swim. And see, that's what I like about the lakes and stuff is because it's not just swimming. Like, you go to the swimming pool and swim or whatever. You get the floaties out and you just float around. You get to, like, look at the cool stuff. Like, we found the... Oh, yeah, because the lake was 40 feet up because there's been a lot of rain. So we found a big concrete picnic table that would normally be out of the water. But it was a good, what, seven... The top of the table was like seven foot underwater. Yeah. Because our son stood on it and had his hands out of the water. Yeah. And I think just like Your my fingers. Yeah. Like not the palm of my hand, but if I stood on the top of it flat footed, like my, my fingers made it out of the water. Yeah. James was able to give full thumbs up because he's so dang tall. So. Yeah. But it was just kind of cool to be able to go out there and. Find those things uh, just because it's not something you normally see. You don't usually see a picnic table at the bottom of a lake. So that's not typically where they put those. Right? It I would hope not. It reminded me, though, like when we used to go to Stockton with some of our other friends and stuff and my mom. Because the one year it flooded so bad that like we could sit on some of the things on the tabletop of the... The concrete benches there, but then there was a bunch underwater still. Well, maybe the kids jumping off of them into the water. (laughs) Maybe they did put that one picnic table down there, though. Maybe it was the lunchroom for the school. Oh, really? The the school of fish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, they got to eat lunch somewhere, right? (laughs) Why not give them a picnic table? You're so funny. Dad jokes for the win. (laughs) 
What? <laughs> I didn't know that you put that sound in there. I didn't. It's just been on that button, and I really? kept forgetting, and then I remembered that that was there. So, Oh, that's good. That like, was I, I have a laugh track. I might as well use it. Right? That was good. I liked it. All right. So so that was our weekend and our our week. I got to go back to work for two days, which was good because I have to tell you, I love my job. I love what I do. I love the people I work with. And... Um, so I'm a supervisor. I hear all of these stories from other supervisors, like when they go on vacation and like, I don't know. I was very worried about what I was going to come back to. Expecting like horror stories, like, oh my God, I left for three days and everything went to crap yeah. or whatever. Yes. Like I, I was, I was very worried cause I was gone for almost an entire week. Uh, and I got back to work and the first thing I did was text all of my, my staff and tell them how much I appreciated each and every one of them. And then once it was time and I knew the other supervisors were there and my supervisor was available, I started texting them and bragging because everything was in place. Like it was just perfect. Nothing. I didn't have to like fix anything i didn't have to redo anything so i don't know i just have some of the best staff so it was really nice to go back and i like i said i love what i do and i love the people i work with so it was very exciting to go back to that where i got back to work i had so much i had to catch up on just because like random emails about this that and the other having to decipher that from some other stuff that was going on. So I had like 300 emails saying that there were server issues when there weren't, but it was because something else got set up while I was gone. So we weren't able to like fix it immediately. Yep. But And now we do have to look forward to uh, replacing our roof soon. Right. And, oh, and upcoming. So I'm sure in a future episode, you guys will get to hear all about clued up. Not a sponsor, but we are taking part in a Jack the Ripper. Again, I like true crime and stuff, so we're taking part in a Jack the Ripper. uh, A murder mystery game, but it has to do with your location. Like You do it all around town. Uh, Yeah, so it's going to be fun. And you can do it all walking. Like So it's within walking distance, depending on what you consider walking distance. (laughs) So we're going to be taking part in that with some of our family and... So you get to hear about that next time. So hopefully we can figure out who the Ripper is. I hope so. Like, I'm super excited for it. I think we'll figure it out. It was probably you. Probably. I am like that. Was it me? We all know. I would hit you in the head. I might lock you in a freezer. See? (laughs) There it is. There's the evidence. (laughs) I say you did it. Do Do we win? Did we win? Did we win? You'll never know now. You're locked in a freezer. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for eavesdropping. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us talk about or give us feedback, you can go to topicplease.com to find our social media links, contact form, how to subscribe on your preferred podcast player. You can also find links to our past episodes. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share us with other eavesdroppers you know.
I would hit you in the head. I might lock you in a freezer. <laughs>